500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the phantom the ghost who walks the phantom enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds Welcome everybody to episode 60 of the X-Band podcast. So we are doing something a little bit different this time around, and we have a very special guest. But before we do that, let's welcome the regulars. Dan and Steve, how are you going, guys? Good, Jam. Good, well, Jam, yourself? Pretty good, mate. Pretty good. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I know you are. <laughs> you would be. <laughs> so, um, before we get into the discussion, let's, it's all fair that we welcome our guest. So, let's do a little bit of information about our guest, a little bit of a backstory. He is known to pretty much every single Phantom fan and collector around the world. He would have probably one of the largest Phantom collections, definitely in Australia, and probably one of the largest, most wide range in the world. Uh, he is the known as the Don of Phantom Collecting, the the person who, if he doesn't know about it, it probably doesn't exist, and that could only be Mr. John Cookson. How are you going, John? Yeah, good, thanks, Jim. Uh, thanks very much for that. I said keep it low-key. <laughs> <laughs> he did. That was him being low-key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks very much for the invite, boys. I, uh, I still get the feeling I'm the token... Uh, Crusty old focus here for the uh, for the show. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so um, uh, you've been on the podcast once before, and that was Collector Special Twenty. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, in a, in a minute or two, and then we can get on to the intriguing discussion that we're going to be having today. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. Now from uh, Rockhampton, Central Queensland. Been reading the Phantom since I was uh, since I was a young fella. Uh, probably seriously collecting since '94. Probably not reading as many as I want to in, in the recent um, years. I think life's sort of gotten away a little bit with with uh, teenagers and, and and stuff like that. But uh, I'm still uh, still reading the odd comic and it's still very much keeping up with uh, what's happening in the in the Phantom's world. Awesome. So, uh, for those who don't remember 20, um, we discussed, we had myself and uh, Joe and John, and we talked a little bit about Phantom Collectibles. Well, John talked about them, and me and Joe just like, oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, I didn't know about that. So, go back, uh, listen to it if you can, but uh, so we don't carry on too much more, let's talk about what we are going to be discussing today. So, we are going to be discussing about... The death of the 21st Phantom. Yes. <laughs> yes, you heard right. The death of the 21st Phantom. Now, why are we going to be discussing the death of the 21st Phantom? Well, there seems to be a few little intertwining trends or threads that are coming together to a larger arc. Now, so we've got in Egmont, we've got the Empty Throne Saga, which has not yet been seen in a free comic. Basically, what that <laughs> story arc is about is the throne is empty 
the 21st Phantom is nowhere to be seen, and they explore the possibility of either Kit or Helloways becoming the next Phantom. And so the story goes along the lines of them figuring each other out, figuring out who's going to be the next Phantom and stuff like that. Now, we also have, in the newspaper strips in 2016, which was only last year, we have a very big jump in the ageing, but also the maturing of the twins during the strips from last year. And then, the thing that has probably tipped this discussion into being has to be the current daily, which is the curse of Old Man Moz, and Mr. Lee Fork himself, in the first or second strip, hinted very, very strongly about the death of the 21st Phantom. So, this has, this, this has, uh, like I said, this has, um, what's the word, gotten a lot of people dis- talking about it, including the normal three of us members, but also Mr. John Cookson as well, who's decided to, like he just said in these intro, that he will be taking the stand of the old crusty forkist, using his words and not mine. <laughs> and then we're going to have a bit of a, an open, roundtable discussion about it, where we all stand, what we would like to see, but also how it could possibly happen and whether it should actually happen. So, did I miss anything out, uh, guys? You mentioned that uh, John used the words across the old focus, but I think you might have put them in his mouth with your constant use of the term over the the previous (laughs) 59 podcasts. Hey, I've got a. I have to get the term focused in the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For those who don't know, a focused, because we're probably going to we're probably going to discuss the terms during the discussion. I would say um, a focused would be someone who believes that Lee Fork is it and nothing else exists. A traditionalist is someone who believes there's a time and a place for all of it, but Fork is the law, and then you will probably put them in the same camp of the people that would have the two different canons. So you've probably got the Lee Fork canon and everyone else. And then you've probably got the modernists, which is probably where I fall in, which is where you have um, where they all kind of need to merge you together as one and you do your best to sort out the mess. So I guess, Steve, we'll start with you, mate. What would you like to see, and do you think we're going to see a generational change? No. no. I I don't want to see the number 21 go, and I don't think we're going to have a change. So I'm I'm, I'm probably going to take a focused stand here and be very traditional. So why don't you think we're going to see it? Um, Well, well, also I hope we don't go, go and see it. Mainly because it's not necessary. And um, it's something that I've, in Facebook discussions on, on different pages, um, there's no need to, to kill him off, even if the, the twins do um, grow up and become adults. There's no reason to, to kill um, 21 off. Once you do that, it just changes. It will absolutely change the, the comic. You'll no longer have, and I think this has been discussed before, you no longer have um, Devil, Hero, and... Diana, and then people got to get their heads around a, a, a whole new fandom. Now, I, I don't mind stories that are, you know, are set in the future and having like the 22nd and the 23rd fandom. I think that, that'd be great, but I think there should always, you know, the 21, the 21st fandom is always our current fandom, 
no matter what year it is. You would probably agree with that, John? Yes, yes, I do. And I probably was a little bit hard on myself. I'm probably not a crusty old porker, so I'm probably a traditionalist <laughs> under those definitions because I, I mean, I do, I do appreciate some of the Egmont stories as well. And, um, got a large collection of sort of Egmont comics and, and art and stuff like that. But um, look, I, I, from what Stephen was saying there, I mean, 81 years of history, um, 81 years of really the Phantom not ageing all that much. It's only been, um, what, the last 30 years since he was married and and um, had the twins. And, I mean, the, the twins have only just turned 15, so... I mean, it's taken 30 years for, to, 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 for them to get to 15. But I, I think you run, or they run the risk of just irreversibly, mm-hmm. uh, no, I don't know if destroying is too harsh a word, but irreversibly changing um, the whole essence of the Phantom, the whole essence of his world, uh, his family, and I really don't think that the comic or the strip would survive if they did it. So it's inter- So just for the, if you are interested, the the airs, which was the Sunday and then also a daily story, was created in 1979. So we'll go 1980 to keep it round figures for those who aren't good at maths, which includes me. Um, so 1980. So you've got 90,000. So you're looking at almost, it's almost 40 or 50 years? Almost 40. 89. Almost, almost 40 years, and then they're 15 in the sense. So that's just, you know, that's kind of just interesting to put. So do you think, you, you used the words that it couldn't, couldn't work in the strip. Do you think it could work in the, um, in an Egmont or a, or a free comic if we saw the 22nd Phantom? No. I don't. I think, um, or Egmont, Egmont, perhaps. I mean, Scandinavian readers have always been fairly open towards um, that sort of thing. I mean, I think they've been trying to to gently push it that way for a number of years now. Through and Australian readers, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think you'd have too much of a hope. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe with the modernists, Gen Y, perhaps, and younger, but... Uh, I think the majority of Bruce readers, and, and let's face it, I, I think uh, Generation X baby boomers um, would be the majority of Bruce readers. Yep. Would you Would you agree with that? I yeah. think we yeah. I think we all agree with that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really can't see too many of those people being. Oh, what's you know. Impressed, I suppose, or accepting that type of change. You know, if they were to, well, you know, what circumstances would they use to to have, you know, Kit take over, sort of thing? Like, you know, would they would they kill him off, or you know, particularly if, in that instance, if I give, if if the twenty first man was to be murdered by sin pirates or, or whoever, I mean, that that would just, you know. People are so. People have lived with the 21st Phantom all their, you know, all their lives. Like you just, you just can't do something like that and not expect there's going to be some sort of um, fallout. You know. Mm. Uh, Dan, you've been pretty quiet, mate. You got anything to add? 
Because you, because in our in our discussion, Lee Fork versus or Forkus versus Modernist, mm. you actually raised this point. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I'm interested in hearing some of your thoughts. I'm probably going to fall if you just if we're going to draw a line between should he die, shouldn't he die? I'm probably going to fall on the more modernist side, to be honest. And I think that perhaps, and, and I, there's a whole bunch of reasons, and it sticks in my throat to say it, but. I think we probably do, over the course of the next five to ten years, we probably do need to move towards Phantom 22 taking over. And I don't think that it could be done just by Egmont or just by Fru now that they've started commissioning their own. It, it needs to be one in all in, I think. Um, and it needs yep. to be led by KFS and led by the newspaper strips, which which it does seem to be doing. Um, this is a, the Curse of Old Man Moz, the story that's the new daily in which, like you say, the narrator Lee Fork says that all phantoms must die, and and uh, what's the quote? Yet the, the phantom does perish as any mortal man must. I said during the debate that in a perfect world, Lee Fork probably would have taken charge of this, and and I think that a, probably a good time frame would be every maybe 40 years of real time, you, you turn a phantom over, um, so maybe we'd have seen in about the mid-1970s. Uh, 21 would have died and 22 taken over, and then we might be about ready now for 22 to merge into 23. Um, and it's a shame that he didn't establish that sequence so that people would be more aware of the possibility of it, I suppose, or open to the possibility of it. But, like... The, the thing for me that really... So, just, sorry, okay. so Dan's, uh, so Steve and John, what what do you guys think about Dan's um, proposal of, say, every 40 years, having the Phantom becoming the, like, the next Phantom coming in? I, I think it, it really limits the story, to tell you the truth, because every 40, well, every 40 years is going to be a new fan, so every... I know, 10 or 20, he's got to get married and have kids, and so you're going to hear the same sort of stories over and over again, and, and it really limits what you can do, I think. Yeah, good point. You've got, to, you've got to put all that family stuff back in again, whereas you know, having it over 30 years or over 80 years and having that slow build-up, you know, everything's there and can be uh, nicely drawn out and character development has happened, and I don't think that could happen that quickly. You'd have to really rush through stories. I just wonder, you know, I think Lee Fork would have had probably the same questions posed to him. I mean, for the 63 years that he wrote it before he passed away. Like, I mean, he's gone through a couple of generations of people then. Like, yeah. you know, did he did he have similar questions posed to him? And, and you know, is there a reason why he didn't? Mm. You know, and then you, then you look towards, well, maybe he's relented a bit and, and uh, they finally got married and... and um, you know, have the twins sort of thing. So he's obviously, you know, there's obviously been some sort of discussion, I, I guess, or, or I think he may have been under some sort of, not pressure, but to move the strip along. I, I mean, he's chosen that way to do it. But, like, it, it's opened up it's opened up another story arc, hasn't it? With, with, and that's what it, what's there now with, with the twins. Like, they're 15, and, like, there's plenty of story arcs there that they can use, like, without having to to kill off the 21st Phantom. Mm. For me, one of the, the things that I've always loved about the Phantom more than any other superhero, and I'm not, a, I don't read a lot of the other superheroes. I have at times, but they've never stuck. So the thing that, well, and, and I guess that's the term, he's not a superhero. He's an ordinary man. 
and it's a dynasty of ordinary men who keep fighting the good fight one after each other. He can die. That's kind of the point. The, the yeah. jungle thinks he's yeah. immortal. The world, the pirate world thinks he's immortal, but he can, and yet he isn't. We've, we've seen lots of stories of other phantoms, previous generations, and we've seen lots of weddings. We've seen lots of family stuff. We've seen lots of phantoms die. To, to keep true to the essence of the story and that concept of, of who he is, it will need to move on at some point, I think. Mm. I don't know. But, but, I mean, it's been 81 years now. Why, why change? Well, part of it, for me... I mean, you've got that 20 generations of phantoms that, mm. that Lee's created. So you can go back to any of those generations for stories. I mean... I think like it would have been done earlier if that was the way that he wanted it to be done. I mean, eighty-one years, like it makes up the whole, you know, the Phantoms universe. Like he's he's made it that way because he's it's allowed him to tell stories over over twenty-one generations. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um. I think John, you raised you said something um before about. There's the baby boomers and the Generation X who have grown up with the Phantom. And I know not not everyone is as diehard as what we are. Let's, let's face it, we are all pretty Phantom tragics. But there there would be a lot of people out there that would um, would almost feel like a part of them has died if the 21st Phantom does die. Oh, no doubt. And, and no so doubt would I. At all. Yeah, and and I and I think we would as well. Like you know, like let's like even though I I probably fall in the same camp as you, Dan. Where I think we need, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think KFS have the gonads to do something like that. Um, because we haven't seen KFS actually be productive uh, with the Phantom for a long period of time. So I don't see how they're going to be able to do it now. But in saying that, while I don't think this is going to happen, I think they're almost. If it is going to happen, I think it will only happen as a as an alternative time frame, no. in a sense, with with Egmont stories. I, I can then, that. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to. It's it's probably the easy way out. Would you all agree that that's probably the easy way out? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be rubbish. Yeah, it'd be an easy way out. Yeah. So you don't think it will work, Dan? If it, or do you think it will just be rubbish? I think that would be rubbish, and I think doing that, you're more likely to lose fans than you are if you turn over to the to 22. I think having two universes, there's 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 enough of two universes at the moment, and people don't like it. With, I don't like it. There's a lot of people who don't like and it. With Egmont, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, to have that would make them different stories, not even different universes anymore. They'd be, you know. Uh, no, so for mine that would be absolute rubbish and the, the, probably the worst possible outcome. Yep. Uh, to be honest, I agree with you. I just think it's going to be. I just think it's the easiest solution if it happens. What do you think, Steve? Because you weren't too keen. No, on I, agree. That. I, I don't I, think any I, of yeah, us. I think would. it'd be. Yeah, like you said, it'd be easy, but no one wants to see you know, um, Phantom Twenty Two going on in Egmont while Phantom Twenty One's still going in the in the official daily and Sunday. I don't think that's, that's good at all. But just, and also, we've still got a whole backlog of um, stories that of, of 21 stories that we haven't read yet. You have from Egmont through have public. That would be kind of my argument as to why it wouldn't it wouldn't spell the end of the Phantom as a as a comic strip because there are so many Phantom stories. There are still so many stories of 21, and 
ones that we haven't read and familiar favourites that we can go back and read, whether you like Fork as your, as your author or you're a Meathy fan or any of the Egmont authors, th- those stories will always be there. But wouldn't that make it even no. more Now would you have to put a... Um... Yeah, it would make it more confusing if we were getting back issues from Egmont and then Dudley would have to say, oh, this is a 21st Phantom, so... You know, uh, you know. You already so get those back, stories you know, with the so second Phantom like, or the yeah. fifth Phantom, where it just starts in their world. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, back in the day, Lee Fork's trope always used to be um, twenty-one sitting in the Chronicle room and reading a story, and, and clearly flagging this is the reason for reading the story, and it is from Phantom Thirteen or Phantom Twelve or, or for whatever reason. But since they've started yeah. going, to... so now would you have a splash page with yeah, twenty-two well, doing that for all the twenty-one yes. adventures that we have? Now that that's that's a good point. Um, very good point, Stephen. In when you were saying something, I can't remember who it was, but you were saying you, you can't have two multi multiverses. In um, uh, in the newspaper strips, um, when they have presidential Luaga, who is you know president Luaga is still the president in the newspaper strips. Yeah, in Egmont he's not. So when Egmont publish a newspaper strip which features Luaga as the president, they actually have to have someone um, to actually have someone who edits the panels so then that way the storyline is still intact of that Luaga isn't president anymore. So maybe that is the way to do it if, say, if Fru does... Let's just say, let's just say it happens, right? What if, what if everywhere... The 21st fan dies, the 22nd comes along, and we get a reprinted story or a story that we haven't seen before from the archives of Egmont. Would Fru then create a splash page and of the 22nd Phantom reading about his father? You know, could you just cop that? You not even need to go that far. You could just uh, put, a, put a title or a subtitle from the Chronicles of the 21st Phantom or something like that. Yeah. The thing that probably nails this down for me in terms of where I stand on it is the, and we've discussed this before and we've talked, we've probably all talked about it in various online conversations and whatever, is the, the growing difficulty with the Phantom's timeline. Phantom 21 was in Phantom yeah. Goes to War and fought against the Japanese as they tried to invade Bengala and that is an absolute classic story and for mine that's Fork, it's, you know, it's what the, th- the 20th or the 30th story ever written, that's Phantom Law. L-O-R-E, and, and can't be changed. And yet we see stories now, the the latest... 1945, yeah, or even I think it the was, daily, or 1943. Fru's most recent um, issue is The Challenge, and that had... Oh, no, sorry, no, I'm talking. I'm thinking of the Lou Manor story, Full Circle. That's got the Phantom, out 21, battling against a Nazi who 20 fought, about, fought against in, in World War Two. So you get that that problem and that problem is getting worse and worse the longer this 81 years 82 80 whatever the longer it goes that the bigger that problem is and the bigger that problem causes to all the other 20 generations because 1536 is definitive in terms of when the first phantom washed ashore on a remote Bengala beach and so the longer you stretch that without putting the next phantom in the more difficulties you create in terms of going back and telling a story that happened in 1850. Which Phantom was that now? Because we're stretching the timeline. That, that's that's probably the biggest thing that makes me think that it needs to happen at some point. And it pains me to say it because I love the 21st Phantom and I love his family and I love 
hero and devil and all of that sort of stuff. But I think there's a lot of possibilities of recreating. You know, you wouldn't go something as naff as let's replace uh, a wolf with a cheetah. Or, but there's lots of possibilities in terms of developing a storyline around the 22nd Phantom and um, and then them finding their way in the craft of being the Phantom, making mistakes that a young man or woman is going to make and then learning from those. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of possibilities there. Yeah. Guys, what do you reckon about that? Look, I think I think you run the risk of just destroying everything that the Phantom is, you know. I, I think, and I know I've sort of had this conversation with a few other people, but and I, I don't, you know, I don't read a lot of other comic books either, but... Um, like say Superman and the death of Superman and stuff like that. Like, you know, if 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 Marvel or DC readers, you know, just make a protest and, and stop buying, well, all they do is reboot it, you know, and oh well, that never happened, you know, we'll just start again. Like with the fandom that's been going for 81 years in, in, in a continuity strip, like I just don't think that, that that would be possible yeah. for for, KF, for KFS to reboot it, you know, if it. If people just say, well, no, that's, you know, this is not my fandom, I don't want nothing to do with it, it's just crap, you know, that's that's the end of it. That, that would be the end of the strip as we know it. Because I, I really think, honestly, I think probably we're lucky to have him going so long. I said, you, you look at all the other characters of his time, like, you know, Prince Valiant, um, Flash Gordon, Mandrake, Buck Rogers, those sorts of um, newspaper adventure strips, they're all gone, you know. For some reason, like the fans survived. Like I think it's mainly because of, you know, the readers in Australia and Scandinavia that that they make the token effort to keep him going. But for how long, you know? Because you, you look at an Australian newspapers, what, what two years ago, is it APN made the decision to take yeah. the fan strip out of the majority of newspapers in the country, you know? Yeah. And it's it's only because some local businesses um, are sponsoring. That's strict, but it, it's, it still remains. Yeah, because that happened with your local newspaper. Is that, that yeah. that's correct, eh, hey, John? Yeah, that's right, up, up here. Yeah, and, and I know there's, there's several other places around the country who did that, and uh, there may be other places who've just lost it all together, you know. Mm. Stephen, what were you going to say, sorry, mate? What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah, that is, uh, had to do with your war um, point. Like I said before, you know, the current phantom is always a 21. So if we were living in, in wartime, then your current phantom is a 21st, and he's going to fight um, the Nazis and, and the Japanese. Living in 2017, our current phantom is a 21. He'll be fighting, well, he's fighting terrorists or terrorism with, um, with Eric Sahara and, and, and what have you. And then he looks back at the Chronicles to, to say, oh, what well, he's father did or his grandfather did back in back in the world wars and we've got to remember that yeah, it's a comic strip and timeline or time isn't as rigid as it is in real life you know it's fluid you can stretch it you can shrink it it's not set in stone and I, and I say that as I'm looking at the at the clip at the daily strip and I, uh, and I can see the um, the crypt there with dates set in stone but um but how I'm, I'm like, how can you explain like, like, cause you said, bef- you, you said that you have, if you're living in the 40s, it's the 21st Phantom. And then if yeah. you live in 2017, it's the 21st Phantom. But if it's a story about the Second World War, it's 
the 19th or the 20th Phantom. How can how does that make sense? Well, what what makes the Phantom so special compared to like Batman or, or Superman? You read a, you read Batman in the 1940s and it's Bruce Wayne. You, re, you read Batman 2017, it's Bruce Wayne. And if he's looking back, I don't know if he's ever finds a diary of his old man or his grandfather. They're probably having adventures during wartime, whereas back in the day it would have been him. Yeah. So I was I was actually going to ask how how does because Superman was what created in the 30s, Batman was created in the 30s, Spider-Man was what in the 60s and stuff like that. So does you know I'm not a comic, I'm not a Marvel or DC comic expert either. But how do they handle the the age of their characters? Do they do it like they did it in Captain America or in the movie where they freeze him for 80 years or 60 years or something? Or It's probably just a, a Joe question, I reckon, but I don't think they'd, they'd worry about it. <laughs> but every time you pick up a Batman, pick up yes. a Batman comic and it's Batman, you know, it's Bruce Wayne, it's that's Batman. Right. That's right, it's not an issue. I think, I think we might be just reading too much into it. You know, it's, you know, it's fiction, you know, it's, it's an escapism. It's, it's, yeah, I know. And that's, and that's, and that's, and that's like, if you think it's real, but you know, the majority or the average fan, the average fan takes a Phantom comic every week and reads it for 15 minutes to escape from reality. You know, they follow the Phantom's adventures. Whatever he does, he wins the day. He wins at the end of the day. Makes them feel good. You know, and that's it. <laughs> Not present company excluding, but some people want more from it. You know, they they actually want to live it. I guess is, you know, for what purpose? You know, and I, I was probably I was probably the same for a long time. I'll say that. You know, but it, it's not it's it's not the issue that we think it is. I think, I mean, he's there. The stories of the adventures of the Phantom are are a way for people. To escape reality, you know, and yeah. Um, but wouldn't you say yeah. that the Phantom, the Phantom yeah. has the added advantage over the other characters, where he is a generational hero, so that almost, in a sense, doesn't have to become an issue. And I know we're talking about semantics here, and I know it's just a comic, but you know, it, it is a let's let's face it. So the Phantom is something iconic to us and to a lot of other people who do like to have this discussion. Yeah. So don't you think that there is that opportunity um, for, you know, where, where Lee Fork has created a character that's not a once-off like Batman or or anything like that. He's, he's created a character with a legacy where it can be passed down father to son or father to daughter, which is a total another discussion. But so don't you think there is that opportunity of it can happening? Oh, there's, there's no doubt that um, it can happen. The question is, should it happen? Yeah, true. But why, why would you run the risk of losing every other support character that goes along with it? Like Diana, Garan, you know, Old Man Was. Like, they're all the same age. You know, they're all... You don't... You wouldn't have to lose... True. I mean, I think you would have to... If if the the current Phantom died, I can't see Devil sticking around for much longer or Hero, but I think everyone else could stay in place. I mean, Diana can live on as the mother of the 22nd Phantom, and Garan is still the the tribal chief, and 
can be the advisor for the next Phantom and those sorts of things. So I think you can keep those characters on for a long time. We have seen Colonel Weeks and, and Colonel Wurubu change places, and Weeks has hung around uh, from time to time and, and come back. So hang around for so weeks, and weeks. he's come back, you know, many times. Um, <laughs> but wouldn't it be kind of like a because um, like we we've seen we've seen like like I think John made mention of it before where. In the 70s and 80s, we saw a, a moving on with the characters in the sense that they got married, they had, you know, they had kids, and so there was that that natural progression with the characters. Wouldn't and we? Can I, can I, sorry, Jim, and can I say, probably at that period and afterwards, with Cyberry Art, I mean, that was some of the best best stories and artwork, you know, since. The, since he started. So, so John, I, I, you mentioned ages and all that before. Were you actually reading the Phantom regularly and that sort of thing when the when the marriage happened and when the you know the proposal, the birth of the twins? Were you were you a regular reader then? How old uh, do you think he is, Dan? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, no. I was seven. <laughs> okay. No, that's that's fine because you know I was born the year that they got married. So for me, I've gone back and read those stories after um, after the fact and that sort of thing. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know what sort of excitement was generated around the character yeah. when I, these big life changing events. There was took lots place. of there was lots of um, excitement. I don't know if you remember the and I don't know how true this whole story is, but. Apparently, um, uh, Parliament in New Zealand actually stopped and had a debate about whether the Phantom should marry or not. Yeah, whether, <laughs> whether, whether Diana Palmer should uh, give up her job at the UN, I think, was, yeah. was, okay, was the yeah. topic. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how true that is. It's, you know, it's probably a, one of those folk stories, with a PH, of course, yeah. that sound brilliant and has evolved over over the years but i think the thing that we saw is we saw a natural or a, a speeding up progression of the characters and let's just say if the fan if the 21st fandom was taken over by the 22nd and let's face it, it doesn't it doesn't even have to be a death it could almost be a you know, uh, I'm too that, old for that. Yeah, that's that would be a cheap cop out as well. I think total different conversation. But it, then you're going to have another natural progression of Diana and Guran and these other support characters, almost mentoring the 22nd Phantom. So I don't think we, if we were to see the 22nd Phantom take over, I don't think we will see the death of them. No, I. I... I think if you're going to do it, you do it. Um, can you imagine the mega publicity for the character if they were they publicised that you know this is actually the story where the 21st Phantom dies, and this next one is the very first adventure of the 22nd Phantom? And I completely understand and, and agree with what you're saying there, John, about it being a risk. It's a massive risk, but there could be great reward too. But could you see could you see King Features? promoting that when they can't even promote 80 years that that is that is a big problem um yeah i don't know that they would do it might be king features it could be everybody else who actually cares about the character promoting. yeah <laughs> all king features be worried about is the money that comes well out. i mean you know there's got to be an opportunity here all of the um the merchandise and the posters and all of that sort of stuff that came about with the the wedding and like you said you know the people bear. talking about it all over this 
like you said, um, we, we said there that it's baby boomers and Generation Xs who are the majority of the readers. We're not going to be around forever. We're not, you know, I hope to be able to kick around for another 30 or 40 years, but it really needs to be taken up by Gen Y and the millennials and that sort of thing. And we need to give them a character that they can own. And then they can go back and enjoy reading about the, the adventures from the 1930s and discover the Ray Moore um, classics and these sorts of things. But So you're giving them a new character they can grow up with, like we have, like John's generation have, and like the generations past. Is that what you're saying? I think so, yeah. I think so. Can I say, I know you've discussed it on previous podcasts that I've listened to, but um, I, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest hurdle that proof face is young readers. You yeah. know, like my, my, my kids, my kids, one's 18 and one's nearly 14, and they've been around the Phantom all their life, and they've got, neither have got any interest in it, mm. really. You know, I, I think that's that's the problem. And, I, and I, you know, Prue are obviously aware of it, with um, the kid Phantom and, and those sorts of things, but um, attracting those readers is... is is the issue. So do you think that the 22nd, the death of the 21st and the 22nd Phantom could help with that? I think the risk is too big. I think the risk of people just saying, well, I've had enough of this, you know, it's not my Phantom, you know, I, I think that it's too great. I think it's risky. Would you, would you personally, John, would you put yourself in that camp of someone who would go, well, that's it for me, then I'm not, I'm no longer interested in the Phantom if... Twenty one was to die? Uh, no, probably not. Do you I, I, um, I don't know as many collectors and fans as you guys probably do. Do you know of people who would put it to one side and that's a done? But I mean that, that's that's the thing down I mean you know, we're the tragics. Like it doesn't probably matter what happens, we'll still buy a fan of comic. Um, it's probably more I, the um, the people the cat, that you see at the uh, the what do you call it, the art galleries and stuff like that that you've been hanging around with yeah. Dan that will probably <laughs> stop buying. Oh, it. Mate, they stopped buying it when Cy Barry took over. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it did make yeah. my heart smile before when John said that the best art was Cy Barry when he was doing that stuff. Oh, but it was a focus that actually yeah, can appreciate more than just Wilson McCoy or, or Ray Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just I don't think, particularly in Australia. I mean, Egmont's always aimed at a younger audience than what Prue has. I really don't think it survived in Australia. Egmont, maybe Australia. Um, you know, you've, yeah. got your, you've got your core group of diehards. You know, and who would continue to buy it? But I, I, I think they would lose a significant amount of readers. So what would? So I, I have to agree with you. So what would Fru do? What do you think Fru would do if Egmont said, "That's it, we're biting the bullet, we're getting rid of the twenty-second, and we're doing the. Tw- I mean, we're getting rid of the twenty-first, and we're yeah. getting rid of the twenty-second. Like what? Like what would you oh, think? They'd have to they'd have to follow. I mean, that's Egmont is their lifeline for stories. Like they've got no choice, really, mm. for new stories anyway. That's what you reckon. We'll be back in the dark old ages where we get all reprints. <laughs> well, 
a, a lot of a lot of you know a lot of fan fans like baby baby boomers. I mean, that's all they have. Yeah. And I think you're probably fine that a certain percentage of them wouldn't care as long as they got, um, you know, if they were getting Lee Fork reprints again, I think you'll find a lot of people wouldn't care. I don't think that that's a yeah. business model that's going to last for very long, though, because, you know, you're no, not going to lose those readers until they start yeah. toppling over, which will happen sooner rather than later. Yeah. That, that that's, that's a, leads to another point, Dan, is... is how long do you think the fan has got in Australia as a comic? Well, I hope at least another 40 or 50 years so it uh, is still around when I go and my collection's still worth something. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I guess, you know, part of the, the conversation is how do you best achieve that? And, I, and that's where I'm not sure that keeping 21 is the best way to ensure that longevity because I think that um, yeah. all of the, the, the fans of 21 are going to go anyway, and, and you've got to look at how do you get the next generation in. And, and I suspect that, I mean, as I said before, to stay true to the character and stay true to the concept, the father must, uh, son must replace the father at some point. Otherwise, you're just playing lip service to that whole dynasty hero idea. Stephen, anything to add, mate? Um, while you guys were, were going back and forth, I decided to have a quick look on Phantom Wiki. And when you see things moving on pretty quick, between, oh, I'm just looking at the dailies here, not the Sundays, between Phantom getting married and the twins being born, there was four stories. So things moved along very quickly. Um, and we'll say, you know, within the space of one year, maybe two, but I think it was all in the space of pretty much one year and the next. It wouldn't have been more than 24 months that the, that the twins arrived. But since then, well, I think you've mentioned this a, a few times, um, Dan, in the past that it, our fault should have done it earlier. Like, you got him married, got the kids, got them growing up. Mate, oh, no, I suppose the end of the 80s was... He probably should have had them growing up faster. It's probably what I'm getting at, getting the kids to grow up faster rather than it taking 36, 37 years for them to be, you know, nearly 15. Yeah, well, yeah, by now they should be getting towards 20 rather than still being in their mid-teens. And then, you know, uh, Phantom 22 would have legs that are... You, you reminded me with Phantom Wiki, um, there was a story called The Twins' Eighth Birthday, so obviously the twins are turning eight. That was published in 1987. So literally eight years. They were born in 79, and their eighth birthday was in 87. So perhaps Lee Fork was moving them along at a pace, and then just perhaps died before he had the chance to 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 turn it over. I think yeah, I I think I think you could be onto something, but I think it was such a golden age of the Phantom in the late eighties and early nineties that I think the reason why the twins never really age for probably the next fifteen, twenty years was because they were on to a good thing at that time. Yeah, it was, you know, you, you had the rumours of the Phantom movie getting up to the Phantom movie. You had all the various clubs that were doing really, really good. And so you, you're not going to, when the Phantom's doing well, which it was in the late 80s and early, you know, early 90s with good art coming from Lee Fork, you had, Side you know, Barry. you had Cy Barry, sorry. You had yeah. Fru doing really well. You had Edmont <laughs> doing really well. You're not going to change it then. And so I think that's why we did see that stag stag stagnation was because 
it was doing really well. But the problem is now is that we're not seeing it do too well, so do you change it now? Well, probably they kept it the same for too long, you know, uh, took too many eggs from the golden goose and and just expected it to keep reducing without changing it up. Maybe part of the reason why it was going so well is because of the wedding and the twins and, and, and a bit of movement, and maybe that was part of the resurgence of the phenom at that time. Mm. Do you think having the 22nd come along is going to be a catalyst to see new fans, or do you think the work that they're going to have to do to get those new fans will still see new fans if it was the 21st, if that makes any sense at all? You know, if would they should they put the publicity that they could put into changing phantoms into keeping the current phantom? Mm, like, will yeah, will the twenty first phantom see a spike if it was advertised correctly, or if they just advertised and marketed and put the money in it and all that type of stuff that we always discuss? Would it still work with the twenty first, or will it only work if it was the twenty second and then the next generation can grow up? I reckon you'd get because I don't think it will. I reckon you'd get a lot of free publicity because it would be such a huge event that news organisations would cover it. You know, there would be fans who are really upset and crying in the streets and, and the camera crews would be out there talking to them and it's, um, in Australia particularly, it's such an iconic character but that for him to die and move to 22, you know, that, that would be a massive publicity generator in and of itself. And then whether KFS would make hay with that is another question and I guess, I guess we've all got our doubts about that. Is it KFS responsibility or is it free? Or KFS, I, I think it's KFS. To, to publicise locally in Australia. Oh, to publicise locally in Australia? Yeah. I think it was both. Yes. I think KFS need to because they do have a, a licensing arm in Australia, so it's within their best interest that Fru does well and that the Phantom is popular because then they have more requests for people wanting to do products and then they can milk the cow more and get more money. So it benefits them. But, yeah, you're right. In Australia, it... I mean, I'm just looking, and I heard you talk about it previously, you know, about posters and shelf talkers and, and stuff like that, you know, advertising. Like, I mean, they're all things that Jim Shepard did in the late 80s and the early 90s to try and promote the fan. And um, I, I think some of that responsibility comes back on fruit. I mean, at the end of the day, they're the ones with the licence selling the products. But would, yeah, so I, I think I agree with you with, like, the average, you know, for, like, the comic that comes out and the other stuff that they, you know, come like. And I don't think it's just with the newsagent. I think it's also with the comic book stores, with Supernova and Comic-Con and, and the comic conventions and stuff like that as well. But from if the 21st Phantom was to, was to die, surely that would come down to a KFS to publicise, or will it come from, like, them to people like Egmont through and stuff like that? Well, at the very least, they should make it a heck of a lot easier for those companies to do it by, you know, halving or, or, or you know, waiving any licensing fees for, for those posters and products that publicise that massive shift in the story. Oh, I think Fru's already got a licence, haven't they, like, for posters and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of printing. Mm, okay. Yeah. 
Um, I think going back to to earlier to the, what the, the question, if they put all the time and effort in, into promoting the Phantom, is there any reason why that wouldn't work for Phantom Twenty One rather than just yeah um, doing it for Phantom Twenty Two? And I and I'm on the side saying if you're going to put if you promote something, there should be no difference. It should work for Phantom Twenty One, yeah. or it would work for Phantom Twenty Two. You know, just just yeah. because it's, it's still the that- Phantom it doesn't doesn't mean they won't succeed if you promote it. You promote something, people yeah. say, "Oh, well, yeah, yeah, let's go do that." Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I'll have to agree. The shelf book and all that sort of stuff there with news agents putting up there just. And, no, I should we should have seen that with the 80th and with the girl fan and the annuals had these shelf books, so it's right there in people's faces. Oh, there it yeah. is. Yeah. But I think the biggest risk is that people won't accept it. People will stop buying it, and if they really lose that. Percentage of readers. Yeah. At the at, at the moment, there isn't a younger generation. Yeah. Um, I, I think they need to work on getting that younger generation on board first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and uh, like my, my local comic store too. Like that. Um, and I, I've, I I get a subscription, but I also get books from my um, from my LCS, but. I think it's only me and another person in like a region with over a hundred thousand people that get fan comics from an LCS. Um, and they, they cover the full range of DC and Marvel. Um, and the fandom sits there alongside it and, and doesn't move, you know, there's no interest. There's no interest from the younger generation. And I did hear Dan um, mention, you know, that, Oh, I think it was Dan um, about the kids at school are interested, but are they buying the comic? No, probably not. And you, Dan, you think that killing off the twenty first will will see? Do you think the, the it will create the hype for the kids to pick it up? I think there's possibilities depending on, and and I know you know that doesn't sound confident enough to to weigh, outweigh the risk that yeah. we're talking about. I think that you can create a phantom for their generation who faces similar problems to what they do and, and lives what, in their world. Pimples, girl problems. Uh, so do, do, we, do we do like DC and Marvel and create another story arc? You know, like Phantom 2040 or something like that. I actually really like that cartoon series. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't too bad. But before you do it, do you try and go down that line and see how you go? Just test the water, so to speak. Yeah, mm. uh, that that makes sense. If it does well. But when you were just saying before, probably about twenty thirty minutes ago, that it's the it's the cop out. Yeah, I was yep. having the two arcs. Yep. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I guess that's how that's how other publishers get around yeah. that sort of thing. You know. Do you think and, that's what Egmont's doing currently with the Empty Throne saga? With what we understand of the saga, where the fans, so the 21st fandom has disappeared for a year, the throne is empty, Kit and Halloways are off at college, and then they find out that their dad's been disappeared for a year, so, which is very 24-ish, 40-ish, you know, that there's a vacancy, and now someone has to become the phantom. So, do you think that that is what it is. Is it's a soft, a soft test or a soft launch or, uh, or whatever word you want yeah. a marketing strategy you want to call it 
of to see whether the Egmont readers are ready for the death of the 21st. Well, quite possibly it is, and quite possibly that's what King Features has asked them to do, given that we've also seen similar movement in the in the newspaper strip. So, you know, Egmont, as, as we've all noted, are probably keener to move in that direction, but maybe King Features have said, they've given a green light to that and say, well, let's, let's test it out. But they're not... Isn't it only those three comic stories and that's it? That's all they've done in regard to that? It's three stories that are, from what I understand, and I haven't read them either, I've got the comics and I've looked through them and I'm, I'm sure John's probably done the same as well, is it's three stories and but with the possibility of more. So the way I personally see it is that it is a tease to see how the market's going to react. But from what I understand is it's not a what if, it's in the future the 22nd Phantom has disappeared and Kit and Heloise are at college. That's how I read it and how I have seen the translations of it from Scandinavia, from uh, Swedish and Norwegian. See, I don't, I, I don't mind that. Like, I don't mind seeing um, a story in the future, even if it's, say, well... We say that the twins are 15, now they're in college. So say it's uh, 10 years in the future from our current age. Yeah, there's probably going to be a, um, a, a new fandom. But what I always say is that that 10 years always stays as that 10 years from the current age. So those, those, those kids are up in college now. It's that, fu- like that future timeline, if you, if you catch yeah. that alternative future timeline. It's there and I don't mind exploring that. And, if we were to go 22, there's a rich vein of um, of stories that you know they could tap that writers could tap into. But do do we need it on a full time basis? So what maybe say three a year, kind of like yeah. yeah, one every couple so, of years would be now. Yeah. So what do you what do you reckon, uh, Dan and John? Oh, well, I've said in the past that I don't like the idea of. Of of what the multiverse? Yeah, and and I and I stand by that. Like I, I like the thing that I've always liked about the fandom is that it's it's realistic. And I know we're talking about it being fiction, and, and obviously it's all fiction, and it's all you know. Could it ever happen? Well, it, see, that's the thing. It could happen. There is there is a possibility in the world that exists that a, that that could have happened. And the fandom's just an ordinary man. And and as a ten or eleven or a twelve year old, I could have you know under similar circumstances. I don't need to be bitten by a radioactive spider or be born on another planet to to yeah, yeah. be that character. So the the basis in realism is part of what's appealed to me about it. Mm. So I, I what think, about you, John? Could I you handle... Just like what Dan was saying there, like I, I think one thing that you know we haven't touched on, and that is that violent death and stuff like that has real-world consequences, you know, and... and how do you address that in a story which for 80 years has been fairly, um, for a better word, family orientated? But it hasn't always been family orientated, probably not until the 50s. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it certainly is now. Yeah, it's it weird. is now, but it yeah. wasn't. You could, you could almost, and I'm not going to disagree with you because I agree it is a family adventure comic, but it. Yeah. It's not all. It hasn't always been like that. And it but, wasn't originally created like that. Like the Phantom was a bit of a playboy. He would kiss every second girl who walked by. Yeah. Ah, uh, they kissed him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> it's always when you talk about death of previous fandoms, it's always been in the past. I mean, people haven't had to deal with or come to terms with it in a real world sort of sense. Yeah, palatable that way. You know, um, like it's always been in the past, and you think, oh well, you know, it's in the past. Like if you, if you, if, for instance, you know, the phantom was murdered by a single pirate. There would be some readers who get traumatised by that. Yeah, but that's that's life. You know, these things happen. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's what the phantom is. He's not supposed to be life. It's supposed to be an escapism. You know. And it is for the for the majority of people. It's it's something to get away from real life. I mean, it's it's an adventure. Yeah. It's something that they've grown up with. You know, it's always been there for them. And then there's people like us who you know who try and and um, mix match it in with real life. But there there is there, there is consequences of, of violently killing off the freedom. And uh, yeah. And I agree with what you said before. If you were to do it, you'd have to stick, and you couldn't do a reboot um, and and try and pretend it never happened because um, that would that would probably um, lose the readers that you hadn't already lost if that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, John, uh, could you see, and would you be happy with, say, like the Empty Throne saga to continue, where it's the twenty second fan, and whether it's Kit Halloway's which we haven't even touched upon, but that's another discussion. Yeah. Could you, would would you be happy following an Empty Throne saga where one of those becomes the Phantom, where we get maybe a couple of stories a year? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, look, I'm, I'm not totally against it, but I, I, I think that um, with the pros and cons, you know, I think um, the cons totally... Outweigh that. Mm. Okay. Do you think we will see the death of the 21st Phantom in this newspaper story? And then, in a quick sentence, what do you think the outcome will be of this story? In the current daily. In the current daily, because that's what sparked this whole discussion. So, I think we will, but it's like it's a vision that Moz is having. And if I'm going to confide, I've actually, you know, you, every now and then you might get the urge to write a bit of fan fiction. And I had Moz have a vision as well, do the same thing and, and, and kill him off. But did he really die and all that type of stuff? But, um, the, the way that they've been able to handle it is that Moz has had a vision which sees the death of the 21st man. It means it's not happening now. It's happening in the future. Like it will. Okay. But at the current time, he's, We've still got the 21st. So we will see the death of 21st in this strip because it says there it's going to, it's going to happen. But it doesn't have any, doesn't need to have any long lasting repercussions because it's a vision. Yeah. Okay. I, Interesting. I, I agree. Oh, with, yes. I think um, Stephen's exactly right there. I mean, the, the second or third um, strip in the dailies has got the Phantom getting shot in the back. So I think we've already seen the death of the 21st Phantom right there in that panel. Old Man Moz is a seer of the future and, um, as legend has it, is never wrong. So perhaps perhaps that's it, you know. But I agree exactly with what Stephen said, though. There are no repercussions for this because it's just a story. But this this perhaps is a, a foretelling of 
how it will happen when it happens. Which will be about 30 years down the track. Because <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, won't, they won't kill him. KFS will not kill the 21st fan. And that's just my opinion. I mean, whether it's right or wrong, but I don't think there's too much to lose. There's too much risk. And, I mean, the Phantom... The Phantom is not mainstream. I mean, he's a cult character. The audience isn't that great as it is. I think they they risk losing they risk losing everything really. So, do you think we will see the death of the twenty first Phantom in this in this strip, or uh, and, and how do you think the story is going to end? Yeah, well, just like like Stephen and Dan have said, like you know, yeah. it's a vision. It's a vision, and yes, you know. It, Obviously, it will, but like I said, 30 or 40 years down the track. Okay, cool. All right, well, I I don't think we will actually see the death of the 21st Phantom in this story. What I think it's going to be, and I know Old Man Moz has seen it, but we all know that visions and stuff like that don't always play out the way that we see them. There's all, you know, does that kind of make sense? So I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a bit like the Diana's death saga is that we're going to be led to believe that the Phantom is dead, but somehow, some way, whether he gets captured or hidden or, or whatever, we will see that he is not actually dead and that the vision or, or even another idea is maybe someone wears the costume of the Phantom and gets shot because you we see it as the Phantom. We don't actually know if it is Kit Walker or it could be someone else. So I think it's, I think we've we've seen the shock value at the front. So that way we've got to keep reading it, and then I think it will all plan itself out a bit. And I think it might, we might see a long saga like the Diana's death saga, where we all thought that Diana died at first and the Phantom thought that Diana had died and, and stuff like that. So we may see a year or maybe even a two-year saga about this. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, um, I've got to say, this has been a very good discussion. Um, anyone got any last points they want to make or should we wrap up? Uh, no, I'll just finish by saying that I think we should have faith in the Phantom line, and I know that um, Kit 22 is going to be a different person to Kit 21, but the, the morals and the um, uh, the values that have been instilled by being the last or the most recent in a long line of Phantoms would keep them uh, the character that we know and love, albeit yeah, perhaps in a slightly skinnier and more youthful frame. Okay. Um uh, John, thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, thank you. I did, actually. It was good. Uh, so do you reckon we'll see you again on the podcast? Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been that good. Yeah. <laughs> someone's well, going to keep you online, Jermaine, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> That's good to hear. So um, thank you, John. Uh Dan and Stephen, thank you as always. Um, it's good to be able to have other people to talk to. <laughs> it does help. Absolutely. Thank you very much, John, for coming aboard. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Thanks, All John. Right. Love you, stranger. 
<laughs> so as we go, don't forget uh, everything Phantom related is on the website, chroniclechamber.com. We have all the social media links. Uh, so we've got Facebook, Instagram, uh, Spoke Signals, and everything else. Uh, don't forget we have Patreon, um, which helps us to be able to basically to be able to function with the website costs, uh, with the actually the actual physical costs of hosting the files, and including the um, uh, the podcast. So that's where some of the Patreon stuff goes to. As as you may or may not be aware, uh, every Patreon uh, person who has volunteered or donated some money gets access to a little bit of something extra. Um, and we're in the middle of negotiating uh, something interesting following on from our previous discussion interview with uh, uh, Goram Sen. So we might be putting something else up there as well. Uh, don't forget you can subscribe via iTunes. So these type of podcasts will come up on your iTunes account uh, automatically. I believe uh, if you're a Android user, it will probably be the same as well. Uh, don't forget to rate us because then that way... We look better than what, you know, uh, but it will also come up higher in the search engines as well. So one last shout-out to my fellow podcast talkers. Thank you, and good night. Thanks, guys. Good night. All right. Have a good one. All right. So we so apparently we have to be nice to John. Be gentle, I think, is it? <laughs> okay, so you can, don't have to be nice. We've just got to be gentle. Hello. Hey, how you going, John? Good, mate. How are you? Pretty good, mate. We were just talking about how we can be gentle to you. We don't have to be nice, we've just got to be gentle. <laughs> and the young bloke on his room back too, and then now, I reckon. <laughs> oh, are you in your son's room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm in my daughter's room, but she doesn't sleep in there yet, unfortunately. Yeah, you still all step up from me in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, Ange did say, "Oh, you can take the front room." Uh, nah, I've kind of gotten used to it. It's like yeah. A, yeah. Uh, I'm feeling like the king of the jungle, given that I can actually record down in my skull cave. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did we ever agree on anything that time? It seemed to be we all seemed to be against each other. <laughs> yeah. Me and John have had this discussion. How many times have we had this discussion, yeah. John? Forever. <laughs> Mate, I'll bail out because I better give me young bloke his room back. He'll be missing out on Skype calls himself, so. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I say, um, like, I know I've sort of lost some support now, but. Um, yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom! The ghost who walks. The Enemies beware, the phantom's always there, but you won't find the phantom. He finds you.